Coming up today on Ovia's and Gilio, Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports NFL Insider, is going to drop on by to give us the latest on Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets, and just how screwed they are in NYC. Plus, he'll give us an update on Brian Burns, the Carolina Panthers, and where they are in their contract negotiation. Plus, after week one, what are the obvious needs for the Carolina Panthers? We'll also get into some college football with Andrew Carter of the News and Observer and Steve Wiseman, who will take us deep inside the AP Top 25 voting. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. And most importantly, get with us on your favorite podcast platform. Five stars only, positive vibes only. The reviews help too. We love seeing the reviews. When you leave a review, you know I'm going to screen grab it and put it on social media so get to it, folks. OG. 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 It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. But doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers plus. Dot com. Are you a small business? Are you a medium-sized business? What do you like to say, Joe? You don't know what you don't know. So go to copiers-plus.com. Figure out how you can streamline your digital and print information. Costs, man. It's all about cost. You and I talk about cost management all the time. What was the price? What was the price for that Jets Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I got to know now. Right? Joe well, Willie. What was the deal? Now, the, these are the things that, you know, what's the deal with saving money? Okay, Copiers Plus can help you out. So check them out online at copiers-plus.com. You're referencing it. Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers' debut as a Jet lasted four plays. Four plays. Four exact plays. And at first, I thought he just kind of came up a little like, ah, you know what? I tweaked something. But when he sat back down and the look on his face, you're like, oh, something really bad happened. Turns out, at least based on the initial reports, he had an MRI on his Achilles. Looks like it was a, a tear. Where do we know that from? Locally. Max Pacioretty. I mean, that's that's a wrap once that happens, as we know locally with the Carolina Hurricanes. And if you don't believe me, you can just take it straight from Robert Sala, head coach of the New York Jets. Uh, and he just looked like a guy who wasn't going to say anything official, but you can read by his body language and by what he said. It's bad to understand yeah, we're not going to be seeing Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season. I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. How do you process your emotions right now? Obviously a great win for you guys, but the Aaron injury. Uh <clears throat> That part sucks. I'm going to enjoy this win. Winning in the NFL is hard, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, personally, I don't hurt for me. I, I don't hurt for our locker room. I hurt for Aaron and how much he's invested in all of this. Um, you know, so I, I'm still going to say a prayer. I'm still going to hold out hope. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my, my heart's with Aaron right now not, and nowhere else. So that's Robert Salah, coach of the New York Jets, talking about they won last yeah. night. But we can get to that in a second because I think that says more about where sure. the Bills are at right now with Josh Allen and anything else. But they did win last night in overtime with an incredible ending with a return. So that's where they're at. The last time the Jets were considered an actual viable Super Bowl candidate, mm -hmm. Vinny Testaverde tore his Achilles in the, in the opener of the 1999 season. So again, I tweeted it last night, but I'll ask you because mm -hmm. Joe Namath is, is statistically the worst quarterback in the Hall of Fame, in the mm -hmm. Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's not debatable. 
He is statistically the worst quarterback in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Jets in 1969 in Super Bowl three or the AFC and if the AFL NFL championship game of the merger Super Bowl three was the first one. They actually called it the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were the largest underdog in Super Bowl history. They were 18 point dogs. So I ask you, I ask you, what was the price for them to win as the biggest dog in Super Bowl history? What was the price for Joe Willie to get into the Hall of Fame as the worst quarterback statistically in NFL history? Only he'll I know. Think, I think the price was the Achilles of every functional Jets quarterback going forward. <laughs> Mind you, they haven't even so much as they've, I think they've gotten back to the AFC championship game once since. It's just amazing. Yeah. I'm really now. Do you believe in curses? I, I'm really because, no, 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 no. I don't know, man. No, here's this here's one makes where me think this. Or do you think there's something else here? I'm real. I'm trying to be really careful. Okay, I'm trying to be really. But careful. I believe in karma. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I do too. Well, let, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, a person that's this is affecting Aaron Rodgers. I've said for a long time has no personality. He's essentially tofu. He's going to take on whatever flavor he thinks is going to make him likable to whatever group he's hanging out with, which explains a lot of his notoriety as of late when he goes and hangs out with certain podcasters, when he starts talking about cancel culture and wokeness. and Because he knows that on online, people are going to be like, yeah, Aaron, he loves the sound of people cheering him on and telling him he's right and he's smarter than everybody else, okay? But when you start to go down that rabbit hole and you just start to be a free thinker as he likes to position himself and you start questioning reality, you do find yourself sticking your foot in your mouth or just sounding straight up like an asshole, which is what Aaron Rodgers sounds like half the time when he's talking about his free thinking ways and just being enlightened and in a way that nobody else is right down to the fact that he'll openly wonder if 9-11 was real. Okay. Remember Deshaun Kaiser? He was a backup yeah. with Aaron Rodgers in Green John Kaiser, the quarterback of Notre Dame in the hurricane game. Yes. So Kaiser told this story once about like, yeah, man, we just kind of got on this rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and what's real and what's not real. And, you know, do you believe in nine 11 and, you know, Deshaun Kaiser's I'm paraphrasing. He was like, yeah, what are you talking about? He's like, you sure about that? So I found it odd that a guy who was openly questioned nine 11, on 9-11 itself, opening up the season in New York and running out with the American flag and everything else going, do, do New Yorkers remember, man? So I'm curious how New Yorkers kind of process that and if they're willing to put aside, well, he's going to help my football team win versus how Aaron Rodgers has been about a lot of stuff on a very, very sensitive topic on a very sensitive day for a lot of New Yorkers. I mean, you're wearing the red bandana hoodie today. Mm -hmm. So again, this is a reason it's the red bandana game this week. Okay. So that's why I have to be really, really careful on this kind of stuff, because if Aaron Rodgers believes in the higher enlightenment, this might be the universe saying, screw you, buddy. I mean, honestly, that, that might be what it is. Now there are some practical and, you know, Bomani was talking about all these jack leg diagnoses that were happening online. No, Aaron Rodgers deserves the jack leg diagnosis based on what we saw the last couple of years where he's talking about, well, what's real and what's not about, oh, I don't know, a certain pandemic and all the crap that he went through in Green Bay and being nudge, nudge, wink, wink about vaccinations and stuff like that. So all the jokes that came Aaron Rodgers way were deserved based on his previous actions and his previous comments. But there's an, there's more of a practical reality here, and this is something that kind of bothers me about the NFL in general. 
we act like as though everybody's Tom Brady. That yeah. everybody's going to play, play forever until they're 45, 46. I mean, you saw Tom Brady at the Patriots light the lamp, whatever thing that they're doing now. He still looks good, dude. Like I he, said, let's get that Photoshop I'm just going. Saying, that dude looks good. You, you know how you're like, hey, Urban Meyer, you want to show me something? Go coach NC State or go right. coach Carolina. Yeah. Hey, Tom Brady, you want to prove to us that you could do it? Go win with the Jets. Go win the Super Bowl with the Jets. Yeah, go win the go with go you really with are the, the Jets, man. <laughs> Can you overcome <laughs> the curse of the Jets? The Joe so, Willie curse, so, man. So the Jets were basically all vibes on a 39-year-old quarterback who has been injury prone the last few years. Uh, I think it's somebody had joked on Twitter last night that Aaron Rodgers, before we knew what the final diagnosis was, and he was walking around in a boot, they referred to it as, ah, yes, Aaron Rodgers has entered his Ben Roethlisberger era, where you're just going to be dealing with something. So they were banking and made a huge gamble on Aaron Rodgers being healthy at 39 and taking him to the promised land in what is supposed to be a very difficult AFC East division. Because it's not like, as much as we can make fun of Bill Belichick, he's not going to go away quietly. He's still going to cook up something defensively, and you're going to surprise people. We we saw what Tua and the did, Dolphins did this past weekend. Did they cut Bailey Zap? Go get Bailey Zap. Yeah, there's that. And well, the 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 Bills will work something out, regardless. Well, the Bills window is what's. I also wonder if the Giants coach wasn't the. There might have been the that brains too. behind the Bills' success. There might have been that. There might have been that. That there, there is a conversation about the Bills and Josh Allen throwing three interceptions and having a fumble where. It was just a carryover of what we saw at the end of last season where they had a listless performance against the Bengals. The Jets defense is still good. It it is. One of the interceptions was like an arm punt. The first one was just a punt. The the NFL, the NFL Twitter account put out, you know, Zach Wilson's one and oh, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Zach Wilson is not. (laughs) Zach Wilson's not one and oh, NFL. Like we got to stop with the QB win stuff. If anybody watched the game, there's a clip of Peyton Manning on the Manning cast when when Zach Wilson's running for his life saying he should throw three more times this game. And it was in the middle of the third quarter. How about Troy Aikman just openly hating on him oh, on like his third pass yes, attempt? Yes. That was an awful read by <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is the most unathletic athletic quarterback I've ever seen. Ooh. He was the number two overall pick based on, oh, he could run. He brutal, could throw. It's absolutely brutal. He actually can't do either. So, you know what else is brutal? The TV schedule going forward, because when you oh, bank, no, when because you, they have all jets, when you bank on Aaron Rodgers being the TV star in New York and selling hope to Jets fans, which, which is the worst thing you could ever do. Because yeah. Jets fans are like NC State fans. Don't they, give me hope. They really are. Don't give me hope. Right. <laughs> so Anthony Krupe over at Sportico put together. The broadcast partners have a whole bunch of nationally televised Jets windows scheduled between now and Black Friday. So obviously you had the Monday night opener. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills last night with the national CBS game this upcoming weekend against Dallas. Now Dallas should be able to carry that over because remember they're, they're super bowl bound after what they did to the giants, really bad football weekend for New York, by the way. <laughs> and then they're on Sunday night football on October 1st. They are the, at the late afternoon window against Mr. Unlimited. Ooh, suddenly that game's not as interesting. The national game on Fox against uh, Philadelphia. Again, Philly should, raise that level up a little bit. And then they are Monday night football again against the chargers. There's Sunday night football against uh, the Raiders on November 12th. And then there's a CBS national game against Buffalo again on November 19th. And then they should be the Amazon game on um, what is that? November, uh, November 24th 
against the Dolphins. And there was a picture of Robert Sella last night when Aaron Rodgers went out with injury. And I just took that and went, these are the TV execs looking at this window with no Aaron Rodgers. It's brutal. Also, the real loser last night was the Packers because... He had if he played seventy five percent of the snaps, it turns into a first round pick. Uh huh. And now it's just. I mean, it's a second round. It's still pick. a second round pick. You can still get a good player for it. By but. the way, my uh, my bold prediction from the start of the season isn't looking so bold anymore. Now is it? No. <laughs> no, you. you it's said almost, all along, it's almost like I called it. It's you said all along it wasn't going to work out. Now I don't know how one predicts an injury, but. It, that's not the point. You said this thing will not end well. No, it didn't even start well. Never mind end well. No. No, look, man, you know how like you like to be like, I was right. I have my moments and I called this one from the (laughs) jump, from the jump. And Mr. Numerology, Enlightenment and everything else should have seen this one coming. And it looks like your point about Joe Namath, whatever deal he made is a lot more powerful than whatever psychoactive tea that Aaron Rodgers decided to drink this offseason and take him to a higher plane. Housekeeping. You did some redecorating, Joe. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Joe decided to put up some of our merch. Can I try to be skinnier? <laughs> no, there's nothing we can do about that. I just want that. Yeah, there's there's nothing we can do about that. So uh, if you look, if you're looking, um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see two of our hoodies that we got from breakingtea.com slash OG. Breaking Tea has partnered with us to do some show merch. We got that Ovis and Gilio's Ovis and Gilio Ice Caps hoodie. We got the Positive Vibes Only hoodie. It is hoodie season, folks. Wonderful material, great designs. We thank Breaking Tea, and you can buy it at breakingtea.com slash OG. Again, that's breakingtea.com slash OG. We got some new Panthers podcast out. Young Gun, new episode with Dimitri Ravanos and Lauren Brownlow is out as we get ready for the start of uh, week two. Their assessments, was Bryce Young too short this weekend? Was he not? We'll get an idea on that. I know you got Law and the Wolf and various other things coming up as well. We want to thank Breeze Through. Last week, we did our live show. I'm out, from of, I'm out of Tumblers. You're out of Tumblers We're completely. Officially out of Tumblers. Fantastic. We'll have to re-up at some point. If you want a lifetime refill Tumblr, go to go to Breeze Through, buy one, get coffee, you get soft drinks, all that kind of fun stuff on that tumbler. And I think we're going to be back in the beer fridge soon. Yes. I want to say we're going to be back in the beer fridge soon. They got all your tailgate needs this upcoming season, not just for football, but for hockey too, outside PNC arena. So go check them out. Also, big thanks to Oak city sports cards Buy, sell trade grade. Uh, Grading is the most important thing because you might not know what you're sitting on or you think something might be overvalued. There's only one way to know, Joe. There's a lot going on downtown off Glenwood Avenue. Go check out Oak city cards. Weston, Katie, they've got a great spot, great selection. They got something for all collectors. And yeah, even your stuff, bring it in, figure out what you got because you don't know until you get Weston's help in that grading process. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is our friend Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports Insider. Uh, We were not planning to talk to you this morning about Aaron Rodgers last night. I was ready to talk Panthers and Brian Burns and contract stipulations and everything else. But man, four freaking plays in. And it looks like he is done based on how uh, Robert Sala talked about this last night. It's it's early. If you're listening to this podcast late, this is at 9.01 in the morning. So what is the latest on Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan? Well, the latest is that uh, he is... He could be in the MRI tube literally right now, mm-hmm. uh, but that the MRI was going to be scheduled for this morning. But if you've been around sports long enough, if you know anybody with an Achilles, if you've unfortunately had one yourself, 
everyone says that you pretty much know it when it happens. And if that's what the fear is on the field, because the field test is, you know, 99% accurate on, on these sorts of things, if that's what you fear, uh, and it kind of walks like a duck and, and quacks like a duck, it, it is a duck. So the MRI is going to make official what everyone knows. Uh, it very likely is going to be a full tear. It'll require surgery. You know, he's 39. He'll be 40 at the end of this year. And so not only is uh, not only do we know that his season is over, uh, but a recovery is going to be very difficult for a player of his age. Uh, and so I, it, it's hard to say maybe his career is over, but I think we really do have to talk in those terms as unfortunate as it is. I could see his career with the Jets being over. Just straight up. Somewhere else after yeah. this. No, like you're saying, it's going to take him a minute to rehab. And then all of a sudden, maybe in another year after you go, oh, you know what? I'd really like to go play for whoever. Or he could retire. Or I mean, he could shut it he's, down. He's openly talked about retiring uh, for several for several off seasons. And, you know, you get done with the recovery process. You're just another year old. Not everybody's Tom Brady, man. Not everybody's Tom Brady in these situations. No. And, and also, Tom Brady only had one significant injury in his career it was you know it was the mid-2000s with the acl you know he was still a bit of a spring chicken if if, if this <laughs> yeah, right right if this had happened to tom brady you know three four five years ago in his early 40s i'm not sure he bounces back and goes and leads the tampa bay buccaneers to a super bowl so are the new york jets gonna go with zach wilson the rest of the way man well they're gonna go with zach wilson this week because, yeah because you have to um, because, but you also have to go out and get some veteran quarterback help. There's, there's really no question uh, about that. Tim Boyle is the practice squad quarterback. And so with this sort of team, who, wait, wait, who hide my face? On yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Practice squad, you know, they didn't even elevate him to the 53 man roster. So last mm-hmm. night, as bad as Zach Wilson looked, you know, they, he was the only option because mm-hmm. uh, the, the emergency third quarterback rule only applies if you have that third quarterback on the 53-man roster. They're going to have to go out and get a veteran, I think, free agent quarterback, honestly, because okay. I don't know that they have the resources necessary to go out and trade for someone, someone who can actually be a real difference maker. I guess what I would say is, what is the difference between going out and signing Nick Foles versus trading assets away for Jacoby Brissett? I got you. Uh, I think that's that's the point. Well, here, look, man, I don't want to... I don't want to get too crazy here, but um, is Tom Brady retired, retired? I mean, is he what, just saying? So, because <laughs> you know, prove you're the gonna, goat, man. Come on. If you, you can know, win with the Jets, you, you, you know really that's are. Gonna be, you know that's going to be a thing every time somebody gets hurt in the NFL. Tom Brady's, I don't know, he, he never strikes me as a guy who ever really wanted to call it quits. No, he, no certainly not. However, it's still the Jets. And, <laughs> And look, you know, I I live in New England. Uh, now yeah. I watched the halftime ceremony where Bob Kraft is waving the five-year in, induction period to the Patriots Hall of Fame. <laughs> he, he ends it with, I'm a Patriot for life. Yeah. To go to the Jets of all teams, of all teams, right? Okay, you tell me the Miami Dolphins, right? I, all right, I'll, I'll buy it. You can yeah. tell me the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I'll buy it. But the Jets? Yeah. No, we're all we're, we're all waiting for San Francisco when Brock Purdy gets hurt. That's when things will really pick up, and then he'll fulfill the prophecy. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports NFL Insider, joining us here on Ovias and Gilio on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. All right, let's shift things to the Carolina Panthers. And Brian Burns had like one of the weirder, not a holdout, it's a hold in 
These young dudes love to get on Instagram and post the memes and try to understand what the sad Spider-Man in the rain means and all those types of things. He played, I think it was like an F you pay me mode with like the way that game started and what he, you know, what he disrupted and he's going the rest of the way. I feel like he's actually going to earn some more money in contract negotiations based on how the Panthers are playing and how they need him on defense. So where do things stand based on what you're hearing with the Panthers and Brian Burns? Where are they on the scale? Well, unfortunately, he doesn't have a great deal of leverage now. What leverage he did had, he sort of seeded. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we saw it um, with a Nick Bosa. And Brian Burns is not Nick Bosa. Brian Burns is a very good pass rusher. He's not Nick Bosa. But Bosa held out, and he didn't show up to training camp, and he wasn't fine, or his fines could be waived because he was on the rookie contract. Brian Burns, you know, did show up. Then there was that weird sort of hold in slash hold out. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately, once you start missing games, well – you lose out on $900,000, essentially. That's the game check for Brian Burns. So that's that's a great incentive to get out there on the field. And then, you know, you can sort of change your perspective and say, all right, look, the, the contract may or may not be coming, likely isn't coming at this point, so let's just go out there and make them regret this. The Panthers did not have a great deal of leverage early on because of the trade package that they turned down for Brian Burns last year. Let's recall at Thank least you. two first-round picks. Um it was a deal that a number of teams, I think, would have made, but obviously the Panthers did not make that with the Rams. And so once you don't make that, Brian Burns holds leverage, except once the season starts and you're about to be out a million dollars every single game, yeah. you start to lose that leverage. So um, at this point, I won't be surprised if Brian Burns plays out the season. I won't be surprised if Brian Burns plays out the season without a new contract. Uh, we could be right back here at this spot, you know, 10-ish months from now with Brian Burns on the franchise tag and a whole slew of new problems for the Panthers and Burns. Why are the Panthers hesitant to pay him? Confused. Well, you know, we're seeing it right now, um, and we saw it, rather, because Chris Jones just ended his holdout, where you have a team who says, okay, look, we really, really value you. We think that you're a top five player at your position. Mm -hmm. But then that player and his representation say, well, here's the top of the market. Right. Here's what Nick Bosa just signed for. Here's what Aaron Donald just signed for. So we want something close to that. We're not saying he's that. We want something close to that. And the team's like, oh, we that's an outlier. We're not going close to that. We will put you in the top four, but that doesn't mean that you're close to one. And that's where you have the difference of legitimately four million or so dollars a year. That's where you have the difference in a lot of guaranteed money. And that's where you're just not going to reach an agreement. it's the mixed messaging makes no sense to me, right? Like, Hey, we're not going to trade you for two ones, but we don't think you're worth (laughs) just a weird one. And, and that, and it was sort of, it was very, it was very predictable. It was no one else on defense. Like I I know. And it was very predictable, right? Like where you, once you trade, once you turn down that trade package, you know that you're going to have to pay him and he knows and his agent knows and everybody knows and now you're in the spot and it's like, yeah, we're, we're still not going to pay. Okay. Look, I mean, if it was about, if it was about rebuilding and we saw it, like, it's just week one with the Carolina Panthers, it's just week one. But I think we understand that maybe the, the optimism and the vibes and getting away from the Matt rule stuff was in overabundance. And when we actually saw the guys that they put around Bryce Younger going, Ooh, maybe they don't have the playmakers they thought they had 
from the jump. It was a very underwhelming performance against the Atlanta Falcons. They literally handed them that win. They don't believe in Desmond Ritter to throw the ball. I mean, J.C. Horn's out of the game, and they still wouldn't throw downfield. So that tells you what they think about Ritter. I, I was... I don't want to overdo it with week one, but I was really disappointed with the way that thing played out. Yeah, I, I think that that's a fair feeling for a lot of Panthers fans right now. Look, it, there's of the 32 NFL teams, you're going to have about 27 that can complain about their offensive line. That's the state of the NFL right now. De- yeah. Defensive lines are ahead of offensive lines. Pass rushers are ahead of tackles. That's what it's going to be. And the Panthers who have tried to rework that offensive line, you know, you get Corbett back in there, you uh, move around Brady Christensen, it it should get better. But also Bryce Young has to complete those downfield throws on the shots that he finally does take, right? He missed Mingo. He missed Marshall. So we can talk about the offensive line because they were an issue um, in joint practices with the Jets. They were an issue at times in preseason. And Bryce seemed to be decent in spite of them. But he had some throws. He had receivers with steps. And, and, you know, Shark's not out there and Thielen's banged up. But he missed those throws. And then Frank Reich even said, you know, we had four to six, you know, downfield plays dialed up and we only went to two or three of them. You know, they're going to have to be better play calling. So you don't want to hit the football cliches of it's everybody's fault. But I I don't think that Bryce Young should escape criticism because of his offensive line when you know an overwhelming majority of the NFL has that issue and a lot of quarterbacks were still able to be more successful on Sunday. You were the first person to extrapolate correctly that the Panthers were going to take Bryce Young based on a question that you had asked Frank Reich. I ask you now here, not not because of this one game, but I just ask you here on on September 12th, 2023, did did the Panthers take the right quarterback with the first overall pick? Yes. Unequivocally, if you are taking, if if you trade up to go to number one and you have to get a quarterback, Bryce Young is the quarterback to get. Um, I don't really have many doubts about that. My issue or my thought process has always been, you know, there have been a series of mistakes that have led you to needing to trade away a, a top tier number one wide receiver to then move up to get the number one pick for a don't quarterback. Forget, that round pick was, was a re- direct result of the McCaffrey trade. Mm, correct. It was the primary chip from the McCaffrey trade. So, and, and to get a quarterback for whom there is no historical comparison in terms of size. So you are projecting and you have an incredible offensive staff with 200 years of experience there who, yeah, they know a lot of football, but they don't know how the five foot 10, 180 something pound quarterback is going to do. Now, I do believe he was the best pick out of that draft, but that is the position you have left yourself in over the last two to three years because of poor decision-making from the top down and bad decisions on top of bad decisions. So to answer your question, Joe, he was the right call, but if you could turn back the hands of time, Mm. you you probably don't want to be in that spot and you didn't really have to be. That's the, that's the thing. They didn't have to be. That's sure. always been our big problem. Yeah. We, well, we can't turn back the heads of time, but I, there's two things I'm definitely watching this year. Double J I'm watching the Colts because they hired the younger coach who the Panthers could have hired. And then they yep. took the quarterback who was the scratch off in Richardson. I'm watching the bears too, because that could have been the tandem for the Panthers. That yeah, could have been Fields. Justin Fields throwing to DJ Moore. Well, and I'm not trying to dance on JC horns injured hamstring, but, I, I still don't understand that pick to this day. And I don't think I ever will understand that. Yeah. pick. Well, 
look, Anthony Richardson's going to take some time, and I don't think there's any any doubt about that. In fact, the Colts basically just stare you straight in the face and say it's going to be a roller coaster. Sure. Um, and <laughs> and they do, literally. Um, yeah, man. So is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a roller coaster too, man. He, he to is. Work. We, we, we felt that we were at the end of the ride, you know, where you're going back into the hub. And, nope. Uh, nope. Um, but, but the other thing I'll say about Justin Fields and, and DJ Moore, uh, yeah, that could have been in, in Carolina, no doubt. But what's happening right now in Chicago with Justin Fields, um, you know, I – I don't know that he's going to have a great deal of runway beyond this season. If things continue the way it has, like, gotcha. I, I, I don't know. Jonathan Jones, CBS sports NFL insider. We'll get out of here on this. I want some local JJ. Can we bring, can we bring Jay Jones nine back Chapel Hill style? You ready? Listen, I, I would love to. I've never been, JJ. you know, I got, I got to see my, uh, what are they? The top 20 Tar Heels. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but should so they I, play app state? Should they play those games? Uh, no, <laughs> No. Of, course, of course not because <laughs> the reality they, they won the game and it's been an interesting three games in four years with app state and carolina they've lost uh one of them they've won two in dramatic fashion and like the action's like even max like i don't want to do this ever again and i'm like right one man it makes you feel something no but look it, it, we remember in the in the mid-2000s when app was on that tear and it was just like oh we uh, carolina ain't scheduling them and while they're not on that tear anymore because of moving up like yeah. carolina doesn't want that smoke they really that no one no no in-state team really should if you have designs to be playing in a in a new year's bowl why, why are you scheduling app state all right all right. All, All right. those New Year's bowls that <laughs> State and Carolina play in. There's a chance, Joe, and I can't wait to see your yellow pad come December circling in Carolina into one of them. All right, man. I know you got a busy day. We appreciate it when you make time for us, dude. Uh, love to see you, and we will talk to you later. Appreciate it, fellas. All right. That's Jonathan Jones on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, we appreciate his time as always. And anytime we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti, downtown Cary. Check them out. Uh, they got good beer. They got beer-flavored beer. PBRs there all the time with their axe-throwing league. Uh, but on Sundays, the bourbon comes out. And it's also, what, it's Tuesday? It means break-even night tonight at Graffiti. So if you're interested in some really pricey bourbons and you don't want to commit to a full bottle because bourbon can get expensive, well, you can check it out at Graffiti on break even that you're getting break even a, meeting that's what they paid for that's it. what they paid okay. for you're getting it at cost per ounce so a one ounce pour, like hey we're trying to be nice yeah one ounce pour you go be nice three bucks so you go you need and to you check it out definitely need, if you're a jets fan yes yeah you're gonna need the please get uh drive home safely and drink in moderation yeah man you're definitely gonna need the uh the get bourbon. yourself a, a ride share app before you <laughs> head over to the bourbon but yeah if you're a jets fan today is the day to go check out graffiti carry that's that that is true now jonathan uh jonathan mentioned it when we were talking to him and as frank reich at his press availability yesterday was talking about the lack of deep throws um some of them were there but that didn't work out here's frank explaining what he saw after watching tape during his monday press conference i think bryce played well um one of the other things i thought he did well i thought he threw the ball away um, a couple times. I think he had probably three or four throwaways where he's not taking sacks. Uh, the, you know, we called a play. It wasn't there in the time it should be there. And he got rid of the football and threw it away. I thought that over the long haul, that's going to help us as a team. It's going to help us stay in phase and not take sacks. It's going to help him stay healthy. I just think that showed, and he's not, you know, worried about his stats. So, 
you know, those throwaways don't help your stats, but um, they sure help our football team. And I thought he did a great job with that. And I thought he threw the ball accurately. You know, I thought he threw the ball accurately. Um, and like I said, you know, we had the, we had the two interceptions, the one, I, the one I don't put on him at all, but the second, you know, and the second one was kind of a couple different factors, but sure. Can we all get better? Can I get better? Can Brett? Yeah, we can all get better. But I thought overall he played, he played solid football. So that's Frank Reich, head coach of the Panthers. And he was asked, I think it was Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer who had asked him about Bates from Atlanta on those two picks about how he kind of knew where things were going. Because remember, those were identical picks. The, the second one was essentially telegraphed and they took advantage of it. And while, yeah, you can criticize Bryce Young and he's going to take responsibility for it, you can also put some criticism on what exactly they're doing offensively to the point where if the defense knows what you're doing, and they adjust to take advantage of it, and they execute on that, and it gives their offense short field when they don't trust Desmond Ritter. Who's that on? That's on coaching. Sure. And they're going to have to. They're either going to have to let Bryce cook a little bit, or maybe this is what they are going forward, and it's going to be an interesting go. I, here's here, real real quick. Here's Bryce, and Bryce, you're going to get a lot of this all season long, man. Bryce Young knows exactly what to say, and he had it to a T when he was asked about his own game. Um, I, I would say it's, it's just, I wouldn't say faster again. It's just, um, you know, some stuff that, you know, again, things that I can do, um, you know, critical mistakes, of course, again, the turnovers, um, you know, that that's always going to be a cardinal sin from, from our position. Um, and then, um, you know, they, you know, they made, made great plays and I, I did a, you know, did a poor job of, of taking care of the ball, managing certain situations. Um, so I think it was just overall execution, um, you know, from my, from my standpoint. Um, you know, I think the people around me uh, did a great job of putting me in, in situations. I think we, we had great calls up. Um, you know, we did a great job, you know, just the other 10 around me. And at the end of the day, it boils down to me executing and, and making things work. So so that's Bryce Young at yesterday's press conference. It was an interesting assessment there from Double J about that they made the right pick. Yeah. You're not letting I, that one go? I, I thought Stroud was the best one coming out. Okay. Obviously, Richardson was the biggest but, wild but Stroud, card. But Stroud was also having, not that I watched CJ Stroud's debut in full, Sure. But the the early receipts on Stroud was holding the ball too long, rookie mistakes, that kind of stuff. If we were going to go in that direction, I actually come around and see where you're going with the Anthony, Anthony Richardson pick. Yeah, no, I'm just curious, like what other, A, I wonder if all of the teams had that same thought. Like how many of the same team had the same thought about Young? Oh, being cerebral, he, he's, he's the just, game, right, blah, 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 but blah, blah. He, he just doesn't jump off of the page. No, I don't. I don't foresee a future where he does jump off of the mm-hmm. page is, is what I'm getting at. Right. Like where you can actually see where Richardson might go and, and, and Stroud, you know, yes, they lost their offense was no great shakes for sure, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I look at it and I go, Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But, <laughs> but no, why I say that though is because double J knows what he's talking about when yes. it comes to this stuff. Like he's not guessing. I'm just guessing what other what other these teams are how they're That's interpreting fair. it. He knows how they're interpreting it. So it's just kind of interesting to to me that they can watch this guy and be like, yes, we and he's still have it and be like, yes, he is the best option. He was the best option. And I get that Justin Fields has a short runway, but I did watch a lot of that Packers game. Mm-hmm. It's a special talent, man. He is a, spe- a special, he is a special talent. talent, but this is a make or break. This is a make or break year for, for him. Sure. That's why they made that they, DJ they, Moore move. And, and they did, but their offensive line is the Bears' offensive line is yeah. brutal. Like every play he's running for his life. <laughs> 
Big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Maybe you're in a fantasy league and you have some sort of end of season. I won. I get this pool of money. I finish last. I have to take care of this bet. We'll get it in writing. You got to hold everybody accountable. I bet you they can do that for you. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, more than 20 years experience in Garner, in Raleigh, Goldsboro, Gastonia, you name it. They're there. If you're selling a business, if you're closing on a house, if you got any kind of family law issues, check them out at the world's greatest URL. It's wh.lawyer. As we were talking about t-shirts earlier, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the NC State throwback tee and the Tar Heels script tee behind Gilio, and you can get those at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 to buy your merch. You get 15% off your order. Uh, and Homefield is really just a lifestyle. Uh, get the app. You get uh, more deals along the way. But you get that started by using the promo code OG23 to get 15% off your order. You got the bag. I was gonna say, it's funny. I, they like, have I great call, packaging, by I the way. You. It's like, oh, look, here. Even like, more. Oh, even like, more. Oh, okay, hey, God, I got it. It's like it's like the podcast business. You yeah. got to get people coming back. Yeah, that's exactly. what it's all about. You got to get people coming back. So again, check them out online, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. Do you want to do you want to take a trip down Matt Rule? And you want to go to Matt Rule land um, for, for a minute, for a hot minute? We can only because I saw the shirt and I was like, <laughs> it took me a minute. To remember from his preposterousness what it possibly meant. Oh, so Matt Rule is the head coach at Nebraska, as you know. Things have not gone to they haven't they haven't started on the right foot in Nebraska. Mm. Uh, they lose with some classic Matt Rule probably because they haven't played a shitty team yet. Well, Once there, they do, there, there you go. We'll, Here comes Matt Rule. We'll get to that. Things comes started, the Matt Rule magic. Things started off a little dicey <laughs> with some classic Matt Rule uh, late game coaching situations. Mm, end of the first half too, yeah. and they got outclassed by Colorado yeah. this past weekend. I mean, a that, lot that, of teams are going to have. <laughs> so before we play anything, and if you're watching on YouTube, you see Matt Rule and you see the Matt Rule face, the deer in the headlight look because it's not going the way he thought it was going to go. And he's wearing a, a hoodie that's made by Adidas, their, their apparel uh, partner, and it has OOU on it. And it looks like it was scribbled by like his kid on an easel when he Ca- was wearing his careful, smock. Careful, careful. We have some script ourselves. All right, you know, we have some, we have some, we have some yeah, writing as well. Ours is a lot more polished than that. That's, eh, that's fair. That's fair. So he's got an OOU. What is OOU? Where do I remember that from? Oh, that's right. That was his whole deal with the Panthers. One of us. Are you one of us? Are you in the group? Are you in the clique? Are you in the club? Oh, Matt, Bubby, you thought this was going to take seven years? Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> About that. Let's actually get to the second clip. Uh, he was asked about, you know, things going off to a bad start. They're 0-2. And here is what Matt Rule had to say. And be let's let's listen carefully. Like this this is kind of this is kind of what you get when you hire me. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what you kind of get. Like um, it's not gonna be a quick fix. It's not gonna be overnight. It's gonna be, we believe, um, built the last. It's gonna be built on rock. Um and so we we take advantage of these we take advantage of these painful painful moments. We sit there and want to say to our our goal right now is to say to ourselves as a coaching staff in three years we did our best coaching these weeks. So um, 
I understand the, if there's frustration. I understand if there's like, man, why, you know, but um, we're trying to learn how to win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to learn how to win. And, and that's everything. So obviously, can you turn the ball over four times and win? No, I uh, get that, right? But like, why are we turning the ball over? Like, why? Like, I take accountability to the guys. I, I, did, I did a poor job last week of preparing for the crowd noise. I didn't do a good enough job. And um, that's not an excuse. That's me, honestly. I hate when coaches get up here and say it's on me. I honestly did not do a good enough job. So <laughs> I don't know where to start, man. I don't know where to start. First, actually, I do know where to start. Shout out to Candace Cooper, Locked On ACC podcast, who put me on the Matt Rule game early. If you want to know that Matt Rule is lying, or if you want to know that Matt Rule is in over his head, just listen to how fast he's talking. I want you to keep in mind when we get to the next clip from Matt Rule when talking about the supposed disrespect that occurred ahead of the Colorado game where they were standing out there on the field pregame on the Colorado Buffalo's logo, which was viewed as disrespect. People love their logos like Pittsburgh. They've got stanchions around their Pittsburgh Steelers logo. If you don't want people to step on your logo in a locker room, I don't know, maybe don't put the logo on the carpet, but that's the here nor there. So he, I build things to last. Where has that happened yet? I, I'm looking around. I'm, I'm looking at the field that Matt Rule has supposedly put the seed down. What crops have we seen in return? He hasn't lasted longer than four years at any particular stop. That was Temple. Mm-hmm. And then he was three years at Baylor before being the hot coaching commodity. He ends up with the Panthers where he lasted how long? Not even three years. Not even three years. He lasted two and a half years. And he's not going to last seven years to become an overnight sensation like Jay-Z at Nebraska because Matt Rule is a grifter. Matt Rule is a college football con man that says all the right words. And it's been far too long. And we've seen too many lack of results for people not to see this. Yet the guy gets in a room and he just wows the decision makers. And then when it's time to go out there and do the thing that with he his says plan, he's going to do with one his of plan, us plan. What has he done? I am confused. I am in the wrong business. If all I have to do is say the loud, funny words and use all the, you know, come up with a snazzy phrase and some cool t-shirts like we're doing, pay me $10 million at this point. Come on, man. How people not see this with Matt Rule? How do they not see it? Hey, at least he's starting with some truths here. Okay. This is what you get when you hire me. Two and, <laughs> two and 10 is first year at Temple. One and 11 is first year at Baylor. So he, he is being, he's following the template. Maybe next year he'll go 500. The problem is he's not going to have the payoff at Nebraska. No, he's because when you go back and you actually look at what he did at Temple and Baylor, he really did beat up on the bad teams. Yeah, never beat a top twenty-five team at Baylor. Never beat a top twenty-five team at Temple. Mm-hmm. So at Nebraska, ultimately you're going to have to beat USC. You're ultimately going to have to beat Ohio State. You're ultimately going to have to beat Michigan to have success in that conference. I don't see it happening. At Baylor, he couldn't beat Oklahoma. He did beat Texas, but of course, Texas was in the same that, seven yeah. and six morass that right. they seemingly were in until, they weren't until back. this season. They <laughs> weren't back yet. Now, about what happened with Colorado and Shadour Sanders saying they were they felt disrespected by the field and some of the it comments. It was Jordan-esque in the, in the, in the original postgame of him being like, you dis- you stepped on the buff. As if, as if Shadour Sanders uh, right. cares about But the there buff. were some condescending things said by... Oh, by by Matt Rule. Like, let's not. I, let's, yeah, let's I don't. Not, let's I will not, not dismiss, dismiss that. that right? No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, him being on the field and like, but I'm saying it as a compliment, right? Yeah. Jordan making up the LeBradford Smith slights, of course. Like him just being like, they stepped on our buffalo. Like, 
you've been there for like two weeks, dude. Hey, you're you gotta get to, like, you gotta get to that level. You, you gotta get to that level, man. I totally I know, respect that's what it. I'm saying. Like that's so if that's what Shadur says, and you just if I were a coach in this situation, the adult, I would say, look, man, kid's got to motivate motivate himself the way he wants to motivate himself, and I'm just gonna leave it be. I'm, I'm just gonna say, leave it be. You're not playing them again either. No, you don't need to see them. So, so what does Matt Rule do instead? Matt Rule can't help himself. No, somebody he needs he, he invoked a, religion. Well, when in doubt, <laughs> I, I'm going to play this clip and then I'm going to come up with a new idea and maybe I can do it on the side as a side gig to this podcast thing. Okay. We do it every stadium. We go there and we pray for blessings. When they, they came in, I asked them if they wanted to, I said, I asked Shadur if he wanted to pray with us. You know, I mean, we're, we, I, I pray over every, you know, I'm a public official, but I can have my own faith. I say pray. We, we, we take a moment of team, like, you know, it's not. It's non-denial. We have Muslim guys. We have non believers We just take a moment as a team and just, I want that field to be safe for everybody. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the game, no, one, no one's going to tell me who I am. You know, at the end of that game, they told me, hey, we're going to run right off the field. And they're going to storm the field. I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't care if I get beaten up by a mob. I'm walking across, running across that field and I'm shaking Coach Sanders' hand. So no, people can say, what, you know, when you're losing, people are going to say all kinds of things about you. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am and I'm coaching this team with class and I'm not changing. And I went over there and I shook that man's hand. I whispered in his ear and looked him in the eye. I never, never disrespected opponent a day in my life. Stop talking. Like the minute like, we got Muslim guys, stop talking. Like I can do this via zoom if needed. I don't have to go to Lincoln. Just get me like every time Matt rule has a press conference, <laughs> loop me in and I can have a give me ear a piece. buzzer, <laughs> an earpiece, something, a buzzer, a shock collar, so that when he starts, when you and you can see it, you can see it in his eyes. It's like, oh, and then he's like, oh, maybe I should have said that. I'm a, I'm a public oh, official. Oh, crap, <laughs> I can't say that. Oh, and he short circuits. He needs somebody like me in his ear going, stop talking. Just, and then move on to the next thing. Next question. Next question. Is that is that asking too much? Is that asking too much? I don't think so, but you are asking someone to change. Fair. Because he's sitting here. He saying, is who he is. I know who I am. I know who so. I am, man. I know who I am. You got to know what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, that's that's like kind of staying within yourself. Shout out to Mike Solarte. So when it comes to buying and selling a home, get experts to do this. Get some help. Get some help. All right. Don't, and don't fall for some guaranteed offer. Don't go to France. Don't walk through a door. Don't be stupid. Go to myhtr.com. Barry Woodard and his crew. More than 250 agents. You think you get 250 agents by accident? No, you don't. Of course not. Six different locations. MyHTR, hometown realty. Barry Woodard's got you. Just go myhtr.com. It's it's literally a toggle right in the middle. Buy, sell. Go get the help of the pros protect your number one investment. So speaking of protecting your investment, you need insurance. Mm -hmm. Matt Davis, State Farm, insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com. Call them directly. Actual humans, local here, 919-779-8277. So again, check them out online at insuregarner.com. I'm a State Farm customer myself. Uh, I have been a State Farm customer for over two decades now. Uh, Great customer service, great representation, great people. And Matt Davis is part of that team. Speaking of great billboards, what if you actually want to talk to a person? Weird. Yes. How do you do Matt Davis a call? Yes.
us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. The skinniest. From the News and Observer, he is Andrew Carter. Andrew, what's going on, man? Guys, I really had to uh, deliberate and debate appearing on the podcast with you guys yeah. here today because I was wondering, like, what's in it for me? What's the benefit of, of this appearance? You know, if I do well, people expect me to... <laughs> to do well if i don't do so hot people are going to rip me for that um you know so it's like lowering uh, yourself by associating with with, another in-state you know know, so yeah i mean this was this was a really brave moment for me i think in, in appearing on the uh obvious and julio production here so i I, I think I, i think i deserve some credit I, I thought you were thinking about coming on and that this was a meeting about a future meeting to maybe set up something to start back on. Uh, because that's what, happened, that's what happened in Chapel Hill yesterday where there was that this is. emergency board of trustees meeting. Speaking of watching podcasts, did they watch ours <laughs> with Bob Moore? Uh, maybe they did. I'm being dead serious Maybe they should have done that a couple of weeks ago. Well, so, if, they, if they haven't, they probably should have. What yeah, was accomplished? What was accomplished yesterday at this emergency meeting? I don't think much. Uh, and full disclosure, I did not sit outside the meeting halls. I wasn't stalking people at that. I did go to the faculty athletics committee meeting at UNC later in the day. Um, Bubba Cunningham, the AD, Kevin Guskowitz, the chancellor, kind of updated faculty members about what went on in the earlier meeting, um, which, again, I don't think was all that much. I think it was sort of a brainstorming type thing. I think, um, you know, if anything, I think it was important just in a symbolic way, you know, to show that the faculty cares about this issue. Um, the chancellor is behind it. Uh, trustees are behind it. They want to do something. I think the issue is that, you know, it doesn't seem to me, and I'm not, you know, like a legal expert necessarily about this stuff, but it does not seem to me to be a clear cut, uh, answer or pathway to accomplish anything in terms of reinstating Tez Walker. The other thing I'm curious about, frankly, is, you know, UNC announced his eligibility issue publicly, you know, whenever it was earlier this month near the start of practice or maybe even a week into it. Um, But this has been going on since the spring. Yeah. You know, like Carolina knew about this for months. uh, And I wonder if maybe they wish that they had been more proactive. Uh, You know, I, Mac Brown, that statement he put out, you know, he eviscerated the NCAA. I think we can all sit here and say that was probably the strongest statement publicly, uh, you know, that any of us can remember with the college football coach coming out that hard against against the NCAA. So, you know, like in terms of optics, I think they've said all the right things or trying to do the right things. But, you know, I do wonder if maybe they wish they could kind of do aspects of this over again and be more proactive from the start. Andrew Carter, News and Observer, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Skinny, you're, you alluded to in your opening remarks there that that UNC and App State, what, what do we get out of it? And I'm not trying to um, denigrate Carolina or even the immediate aftermath of it because I, I think you can be emotional. But, like, surely Bubba and Kevin don't share Max. We don't ever need to play this game ever again. I don't, I, I don't know. Well, when it comes to Bubba... But- Maybe, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I would be curious to give him, give him some truth serum um, okay. and, and get his honest take 
on that. And I don't think Mac was saying never, never, ever again. Are we going to play this series? Or, you know, I, I think like, you know, look, they played them three times over the past four or five years. I think that's enough. I think maybe let it cool down a bit, pick it back up in four or five years. My point is, I think it should be a somewhat regular thing. Yeah. Because it's it's great. Like, Same you know, with ECU. Yeah. I mean, you know, NC State has played ECU a bunch, obviously. State, you know, we hope is going to play App State here in a couple of years. There's been rumblings about them trying to get out of that series. I think that would be a terrible look for NC State. Well, I think the ACC is the one who'll get them out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim Phillips yeah. upset yeah. in a memo. What was it earlier this year or last year? Like, hey, guys, stop scheduling group of five teams. It doesn't help us. I mean, I, I think not every situation well, is the same. Because that'll <laughs> and help. It, and it's not like a homogenous type thing. It's not a one-size-fits-all dynamic with this. I think different schools, you can make the argument like it. You know, in some ways it helps NC State when ECU comes to town. Uh, you know, I was in Chapel Hill yesterday hanging out for a bit after that afternoon meeting. Um, and one guy who is a manager at a popular restaurant told me that they were as busy as they've been in years yeah, man. on Saturday. You know, Franklin Street was alive that day. There was a buzz. It's great for the local economy. Um, you know, obviously, I covered Carolina for a number of years. And I can say that that was one of the better atmospheres I can remember. You know, probably a, you know, a top 5 10% or 95% atmosphere, whatever, whichever way you want to describe it. But it was a, a great scene in there. And my question is, why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Uh, if you're UNC. It's interesting. I had a, uh, I had a listener tweet this to me and make a very, very good point. I'll have the tweet in front of me. But maybe with the expansion of the playoffs, football will take a basketball approach because we don't have these conversations in basketball. Schools like Carolina, NC State would seek out good opponents at App State's level to help their quads. Is it a quad one win, a quad yeah. two win? Oh, that's a quad four loss. That's terrible for you. We don't deal with that in college football. We deal with just vibes thanks to the college football committee. And and I actually had a North Carolina fan point out to me, well, look what happened in North Carolina last year. The narrative was set from the opening game about their defense. And I thought to myself, no, the defense they gave up 40 points in a quarter. Right. Like, the yes. defense set their own narrative. That's a you problem. We'll go from there. We'll go from there on this, Andrew. And about. That's a th- yeah, and that's the thing I don't get quickly. It's like, yeah. that, you know, they could have played a close game against anybody and mm-hmm. dropped in the poll. And, and also, too, it must be said, like these people getting upset about the AP poll after week two. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? It's not. Yeah. At this point, we're we're really we really are picking nits at this point. But as far as actual football is concerned, there was a lot of optimism coming out of that South Carolina game that that North Carolina's defense looked like, hey, all right. That's when they took it personally. Nine sacks, zero sacks against App State. They ran the ball well against UNC's defense. And I'm now curious going forward. You know, what is the real UNC defense going forward? TBD. I mean, I think that's the big question, you know, coming up here against Minnesota, that pit game after that. I think this next two-game stretch for Carolina, you know, is immensely, immensely important. You know, it's really going to sort of determine the direction of, of this season for these guys. And you're right, there was a ton of optimism coming out of that game in Charlotte. Um, you know, that looked kind of like a vintage old-school background defense. You know, going back to like his first tenure, those defenses he had in 95, 96, 97, where they had a ton of speed, 
You know, they had playmakers everywhere. They had guys getting after it. That's what you saw against South Carolina. And then, you know, a quarter and a half goes by on Saturday in the app game, and you're wondering, well, how bad is South Carolina? Yes. <laughs> it's my number yeah. one takeaway, honestly. You're, you're, you're wondering, like, what is up with South Carolina's offensive line? I mean, you know, I guess they played Furman this past weekend. I didn't pay much attention to it. They wound up winning by a decent margin. Um, but was this fool's goal? Uh, and App had a good scheme. You know, they passed the ball around a good bit. But, you know, in terms of the running game, it's sort of an option-like type thing where they disguise ball carriers. And it can be tricky to pick some of that stuff up. Um, but, yeah, like a totally different vibe. Uh, it was almost kind of like, the old line from UHF, oh, no, we suck again, kind of thing was the reaction from fans, um, which I get. I mean, I think, I think if you're a UNC football fan, you've kind of been battle-scarred. It's definitely mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, I want to see it, show me. And we thought that they did show me sort of thing against South Carolina and then completely reverted back to a lot of old bad habits um, against that. So I think, you know, Minnesota – not necessarily known for offense, um, but still, you know, their offensive line is good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball or at least try to. Um, you know, it's another opportunity for UNC to prove itself, but that's the million-dollar question. It's like, are these guys, you know, is, is this the defense we saw against South Carolina or is it more closer to what we saw against App? Meanwhile, NC State losing to Notre Dame in a game where – so many defensive mistakes, but I think the biggest takeaway is on the offensive side, Andrew, where we're sitting here wondering, as we did before the season started, who, yeah. who exactly is going to make plays for the Wolfpack this year? Great question. I mean, I, you know, like I thought Luke wrote a great column uh, out of that game on Saturday. Basically, it was like NC State's revamped offense needs more revamping uh, was, was sort of the point. Um, Renan Armstrong, I, I think he's had some nice moments, but... Uh, when I look at NC State, it's like, you know, and granted they've had, I think, a couple kids maybe not pan out the way they expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, Porter Rooks entered a highly touted prospect. Uh, he's been given lots of opportunities, hasn't quite taken advantage of them, to put it lightly. Um, like, who are their receivers? You know, they got that kid, that eighth-year kid. He looks okay. Bradley Ross. He looks yeah. good. He looks and, functional. <laughs> and Concepcion, I think, will be good in time. Yeah. Um, but it's like they don't have any playmakers, really. Uh, yeah, that's why. The, that's why the, the <laughs> I've seen some of the argument. Like, well, it's time to see MJ Morris. All right. I mean, who's he going to throw to? What's he going to? Yeah. Right. Who's he going to throw to? So, if you're going to put somebody out there to make something happen, I would rather it be Brennan Armstrong, yeah. rather it rather than of affecting the development of MJ Morris and knowing what your needs are and going out and addressing those needs for MJ next year. I I, I think that's a really simple assessment. Yet. You know, it's what you don't know that has people going. I think the, I think the hope has to be that eventually it just starts to click with an A and, yeah. and arm, like this connection they had a couple of years ago. They put up monster numbers, but they just don't have those kind of receivers. I will say, uh, you know, headed into that game on Saturday, I did sort of think like maybe this is one of those law of the wolf <laughs> type games, Joe, where it's like, you know, you expect the least, get the most kind of thing. Uh, incorrect. Sam Hartman doing doing nicely for his new team. That was a nice little pickup on the waiver wire there by uh, Andrew Carter, News and Observer. We appreciate the time as always. Where are you hanging out, by the way? You in like the Village District? I'm in the Village District, man. I am. I'm in the Village District. This is sort of my neighborhood. Okay. 
uh, having some work done at the place this morning. So I had to find a place. It's a little bit noisy and people are angry out here. There's more. Sounds like New York out here. People honking horns. And, no, they're, just, they're depressed today. It's, it's anyway. Aaron Rodgers. Well, it, it could be that. And the Giants, too. It could be that. All right, man. We All appreciate right, man. it. We'll talk hanging. to you later. <laughs> Andrew Carter, News and Observer, hanging out with us here on Ovias and Jillian. Shout out to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Although, Mos- Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Why are you making a face? You said, although. No, I had a mosquito get in the house. Oh, okay. One solitary, One solitary mosquito okay. got in the house, and it's like I can't have them spray in the house. Right, right. right. That would, that would, that's not what we want. You can treat right. ants in the house. You can treat that, all yeah. those things, but it's like, but it's amazing what like one freaking mosquito can do, man. Got my ankle, tried to get it. It got Kelly at one point. Anyway, if you don't want that in your backyard, you want to keep that simmered down that's why mosquito authority comes through uh because i was actually grilling the other day and i was good i was really really good but pest authority can take care of the not the mosquitoes flying around potentially in the house but ants and other critters for sure mice up in the attic go check out that uh crawl space under your house yeah but if you need the the 360 moisture barrier that's a game changer Mm -hmm. go check them out it's bugsbite.com also big thanks to butcher's market speaking of grilling do you know what I was grilling? Please tell me it was the signature steak tips. No, it's my oh, your jalapeno chicken that you like, buddy. Yes. Like so you, I, you hear jalapeno and think it's hot, but it's, it's not. not. It adds a really flavorful. nice flavor to it. And I'm telling you right now, it's I'm telling you the secret. I'm telling the listeners the oh, secret. Okay. <laughs> but if you want to crush it on a fajita night, like have people come over, like oh, this is like my signature fajita marinade. They don't have to know it came from Butcher's no. Market. Uh, and then when they have it, they're like, this is amazing. How did you do, How did you do this? Oh, you know, it's just a little something. little, little Family something recipe. Family recipe called the Butcher's Market. <laughs> so check them out. Butcher's Market across the triangle in Wilmington as well. In, what, what are you excited about? What are you getting so excited about? We have Butcher's Market gift cards we, to give away. We do. I forgot. We do. <laughs> it, it's, it's entirely possible we might be giving one out yes! here in the mixtape soon. So just something to keep an eye on. Just Sometimes something to keep. It just hits my brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> I've known you for 20 plus years. You saw that it, my brain was going. <laughs> I've been working. I've, been, I've known you for 20 plus years. I've been working with you for nearly four. And sometimes I'm amazed at how your brain works. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the mixtape, it's time to play. We got Evan, longtime listener of uh, what we've been doing. Evan, what's going on, man? Not much, guys. Got my got my breaking yeah. tea on. Yeah, there you go. We got, we got all the shirts. We got all the merch. Let's go. Evan's ready. I told just you. Trying, I told just you. Trying not to embarrass myself here. So there's a there's a term in the business called P1, right? And a P1 is somebody who is a super listener, a super user of your stuff, right? And I made the argument that Evan is a P1, a longtime P1. And you sold him on 2010s. I said 2010s and I said, when he reached out. And I was like, like we, no. we try to appeal to the youths. I said, let's do this one. Okay. Because if Evan is a P1 like I think he is, this song has multiple layers to it. Multiple layers in the usage of this song in the existence of this show. Okay. Okay. I got it. All right, Evan, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's All right. It. Here's here's how it works with the new mixtape since we don't have the rights to the actual music. We got Stacy over at Graphics House. 
Uh, we should have a sign from Graphics House coming up pretty soon. I'm we very do, excited by the end of this. the week. Yes. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Yes. And she has an amazing Southern accent. And she's going to read lyrics to a very popular song. One that's very meaningful to this program. Very meaningful. <laughs> and when you when we'll play the whole thing, and if you know the name of the song, you will win a Tumblr. Oh, we have. We do have new Tumblrs. We You're have right. State Farm Tumblrs. Yes, yes, okay. yes. But we also Love have it. a Butcher's Market gift card. We do have a $25 gift card to the Butcher's Market, thebutchersmarkets.com. All right, Evan, here we go. Came somewhere back in her long ago. The sentimental fool don't see, trying hard to recreate what had yet to be created once in her life. She musters her smile for his nostalgic tale, never coming near what he wanted to say, only to realize it never really was. She had a place in his life. He never made her think twice. As he rises to her apology, anybody else would surely know he's watching her go. All right, Evan. You know what? I would feel better if it were the 2010s because I'd have an excuse. <laughs> it's a, I'll give you a hint. It's a banger. It's a grocery store. It's an all-time grocery store yacht rock. <sighs> I do love my grocery store music, but my grocery store music is more like late 90s like vh1 rock so um guys i got nothing so you gotta sing it joe she has a place in his life <laughs> she, what a fool believes the doobie brother <laughs> michael mcdonald she came from before, before my time if you had if you had done any anything 90s would have had it anything like emo would have gotten it oh emo oh emo Dude. evan is an emo guy <laughs> should mm, should we give him another one it's, yeah I like right. the one that i'm particularly thinking about the lyrical one that he almost certainly will get which one's that one well, because I remember, oh, I, don't no. have, I don't have access to I, i'd have to preview them because i haven't broke i don't have them listed i can't communicate with you with oh, i know we'll take evan out for a second, hold on a second. Let me, let me, <laughs> or, you know what we're gonna, okay let's pause yeah. the recording really quick all right we're gonna take evan out because right. i don't even know the name of the song all i just right. know the lyrics I'm gonna pause. <laughs> I'm gonna pause. all right we've unpaused we we found the next song for evan all right we're giving you a second chance now i don't okay. want to hear from because joe. he's got the t-shirt on i never want to hear from joe about how i make up the rules as i go <laughs> and i gave him a tumbler because of uh, because of Taylor you, Swift, Taylor Swift. Well, right? he, I never okay. want to hear that again. I never want to hear it again. I just, just <laughs> let you that. know. Okay. Right. I told you, it's a P1. Here we go. Give me a second. I need to get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State. My lover, she is waiting for me just across the bar. My seat's been taken by some sunglasses asking about a scar. And I know I gave it to you months ago. I know you're trying to forget, but between the drinks and the subtle things, the holes in my apologies, I know I'm trying hard to take it back. So if by the time the bar closes and you feel like falling down, I'll carry you home tonight. <laughs> All right, Evan. That is We Are Young by Fun with Janelle Monet. There, there you go. We go. All right. That was one of the ones that I was hoping for with 2010s. <laughs> there we go. <sighs> that was money. 
Are we going to unbox this here? Oh, yeah. There it is. Is your state farm? That's heavy, dude. That's a fancy one. It's I'm fancy. not gonna lie to you. I, do you have? Do I need to send this with a with another say, hologram? You gotta one? put the sticker on. I can get it at, uh, at Pizza Night. Uh, you can get it where? Oh, Pizza, Pizza Night. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring one for you at Pizza Night, and we can put the hologram sticker on this bad boy too. It'll look uh, it'll look nice. All right, man. Congratulations! You got yourself a State Farm tumbler. Thank you, guys. You're the best. I'll see you on Monday. Yes, yes. OG Pizza Night. Let's go. Steve Wiseman, News and Observer, AP Top 25 voter. He's hanging out with us in studio with the poll out. Okay, man. Is Texas back? They appear to be so. Anybody that goes in in Tuscaloosa and and wins (laughs) is back. (laughs) What did you do with them in the Top 25? I moved them up to fourth, which is where the country agreed with me. So there, I think I had them 11th the week before. So I moved them up to seventh. And I moved, and I remember I was high on Alabama. I had them second, and and I dropped them uh, down to 11th. So. I just basically flipped them. But Alabama's allowed one loss in the sure. grand scheme of things. But I guess, and I was talking about this with Dimitri, who is a big Alabama fan. He does the Young Gun podcast. He, he's like, if they had Bryce Young, they would have won that game. And it shows you where kind of Alabama is right now. I feel like Alabama's in a separate conversation. Like, do they look like a legit college football playoff contender right now based on what you've seen against Texas? Um, they don't. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I they have to basically go undefeated the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be hard for them, right? They're young. Um, no, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, they are a younger team than usual. They're, they're more experienced than usual. They're all five-star kids. I mean, they're yeah. uber talented. Yeah, uh, and they can get it together. But they dropped one at home early, and that just doesn't happen to them. So, um, but they're allowed to drop one early. They and if, are. And if Texas, but you can't lose anymore. That's this is true. This is true. And if, but well, I don't know because remember, you and I are wired differently. All right? It wasn't a great weekend for the SEC. Hasn't been a great weekend, two weekends for the SEC. It's true. If I have my math right, the ACC is actually four and one against SEC opponents. Yes. We're not going to worry about Purdue. We're not going to worry about Cincinnati. We're going to worry about the SEC where it just means more, Steve. Right, right. So they're four and one against the SEC. This is not an auspicious start for the conference where it means more. It's not. So therefore, if Alabama does lose another game. Do you think it'll actually affect the could. It very well could. I mean, down the road as we, you know, I mean. Do our think, brains wait, are wired do, differently. Do I think it will? Probably not. Right. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Should it? That is the correct answer. I also thought that Notre Dame's always been a good team, but they've always been missing that one thing. They seem to maybe have it in Sam Hartman. Mm. And the, it was a weird game against the Wolfpack, um, but I thought it was a much better defense than what they saw against, say, Navy. So I, I liked the way that they actually have an explosiveness now, it seems. And that's a huge thing that's been missing for the Irish. How'd you move them up? I moved them up two slots to eighth. Okay. I had them 10th the week before. So when Alabama moved down, that allowed everybody, you know, Texas moved up, they moved up. Um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're going to come in here to Durham in a couple of weeks. They're going to still be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. Sam makes a huge difference for them. And, you know, first play out of the, out of the delay, 80 yard run for a touchdown. Boom. Yeah. Um, the way they scored at the end of the first half after state had scored a touchdown and then to get it 10 to seven right down the field, saying the, the two minute trail, boom, boom, boom. And they score and they put the game away. Now, did you, did you move Carolina back after I, their win against yeah. App State? Because they went from 17 to 20. A lot of UNC fans in my Twitter timeline have been adamant about the fact that this is why you don't play this game. You don't play App State because you get nothing for beating them. And they actually dropped in the poll. And I don't know about you, Steve, you didn't move them, but 
if they played like that against Minnesota instead of App State, a Power Five opponent, they probably would have dropped back a little bit because they were people were high on them after the South Carolina win. I almost feel like this was more about South Carolina was about North Carolina because some of those old habits came back up for the Tar Heels this week. Exactly. Uh, as as good as our defense played against South Carolina with nine sacks, Zero. we didn't see the follow-up on that against App, and that's Zero. what we were looking for, right? So yeah. now you look at, boy, South Carolina's offensive line is really bad, mm-hmm. and they're going to play Georgia this week. So that's another thing. I don't have to worry about that. But um, Yeah, so that that, again, you get more data points. Now you can see. So Carolina's defense isn't as great as what they looked like the first week. So some people said, well, we got to drop them a little bit. We got to see. You um, you might have been ahead of the curve with Clemson, by the way. Yeah, I, I had them out and everybody else finally joined me. Speak, speaking of, they won. I mean, mind you, it was a little bit of an adventure to get to 117 players or whatever playing in that game for yeah. Clemson, uh, which is what Dabo loves to do. But I think voters started to see that this Clemson team might just not have it. They they self-destruct quite a bit, don't they? Self-inflicted yes, wounds. They really do. Even against Charleston Southern, you mm-hmm. know, that shouldn't happen. So you start looking going forward. Okay, they got they've got to prove. Like I said, after they lost to Duke, they had to earn their way back in. They had to prove it. They didn't prove it last week. A lot of people said, "Yeah, I agree with you. They're out." So here's the uh, here's then the question: Duke, who beat Clemson, stays ranked. If we know that Clemson is kind of eh, do you reevaluate what Duke did? I mean, I I thought what happened against Lafayette was predictable. Mm-hmm. Monday night game, big emotional win. Everybody's enjoying it. You know, maybe Riley Leonard was able to turn some projects in on time. I have no idea. <laughs> the slow start did not surprise me right. at all right. in that game. But they took care of business at the end. They did. And they, I mean, the first quarter, really, they had turnover, they let them drive down the field and score. Um, yeah, you do reevaluate the Clemson win as mm-hmm. we go forward here, right? Mm-hmm. So, Duke's got Northwestern this week. If they are still, you know, having pre-snap penalties and turning the ball over, They've already fumbled it almost as much this year as they did all last year, as far as lost fumbles. So that's a problem. So that may cause me to drop them a little bit if I see it continue against Northwestern. But again, this is all going to sort itself out when they play Notre Dame in two weeks. So that's true. That is true. We'll all right. That then. We'll close on this uh, with your AP top 25 voting. I, I took great joy in watching Matt Rule get sunned by Deion Sanders. I enjoyed that. And and sure enough, and Matt Rule deserves it. There's a little bit of shade. There was the whole disrespect thing with the with the logo and all that stuff. And then his post game press conference sounded like every Panthers post game post game press conference. And it's just like you tool. <laughs> so I can enjoy it from that perspective. But what do you make of Colorado after two weeks? First, you had PTSD with rule. He's a, the rule. He's a tool. Rule's a tool. Rule's a tool. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. My bad. My anyway, bad. So, so what do you make? What do you make yes, out of Colorado the yes. first two weeks? Well, I, you know, I said last week I knew they were going to kill Nebraska. Nebraska yes. was terrible. Yes. So they got Southern Cal here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Again, that's going to be your proven thing. I still have Colorado at uh, 21st. So I'm not as high as them on other people yet because I still, again, they've got guys mm-hmm. right. So when they play Southern Cal, that's it. If they win that game, they're going to be in my top ten. Okay. I mean, as long as they don't lose between now and then. But I guess uh, we'll get a real idea of whether we believe or not. That's where I'll get the believing thing. Right now, I'm probably still on, on Dion's list. <laughs> you might be. All right, Steve. Thanks, man. All right. Big thanks to Steve Wiseman for hanging out with us, talking some college football. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. As I mentioned, went to Wings Over on Saturday, had uh, Rick, uh, my neighbors Rick and Ben come over, went with the three wings, went with that sweet chili. 
with the hot lemon pepper and just a straight up hot. Actually, Caleb and I were talking about it yesterday and he's like, dude, more hot lemon pepper. That was the move. So now here's the thing. Wings, they got that covered. Wings are the thing they do. But if you want to get a little different, I haven't done it yet, but I want to do it. The, the lobster roll tender sandwich. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ryan's from Massachusetts. I would call him a different name, but this is his advertisement. So <laughs> I won't do that to him, but I do call it to him to his face. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, actually a fairly brilliant idea to take that bun, the same bun you use for a lobster roll. I'm all about around it. there. I'm all about it. Now, you know what actually goes really well with wings? If you're doing the whole spread pizza, mm. pizza and wings, that's it's an idea. Um, there might be some wings available at pizza night on Monday. Say. There might be a marriage there. Cross promotion. You never know pizza and wings. I mean, if we're going for the whole dorm vibe, why don't we just eat like we're still back in college eating pizza and wings all the time? <laughs> Who I'm, says no? That's good by me. <laughs> Who says no? We just need an official beer sponsor and we're good to go. That should be you, your department. Well, dude. I know get, you're complicated on that one. Don't get me started. No, 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 no. Trust me. I'm actually getting frustrated on this. Particular oh, okay, front. okay. I'm getting frustrated. Well, on I know this you. Front. You've typically liked to, yeah, stay usually, in the middle, stay be Switzerland when it comes, I, particularly local beers. You like to be promotional. Yeah, I have a lot of all because you like all the ones. I, I do. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends in yeah. the beer industry, so I don't want to. I don't want to do that. We but, do have the Groove Wagon though, so we have that covered. That's and different. if you need to chill out, that's different. That is different. The Groove Wagon actually, uh, <laughs> they had Hopscotch. Mm-hmm. Hopscotch was this past weekend, and I heard from some people uh, that ran into Riley. Uh, who was doing the big promotional, let's get the king out there, let people know about the Groove Wagon. And hey, man, little by little, brick by brick, people yep. are kind of getting on board with what Riley's doing over at Groove Wagon. Looking forward to talking some fantasy football because I did a draft, an auto draft. I didn't even look at my team this weekend. <laughs> I have no idea what I did. I had a real draft, and I was terrible. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I saw your tweet about like, oh, I watched this preseason game. Yes. I made a mistake. Aaron I should, Waller. I should not. Why? I should not have done that. Why? Speaking of beer from Ken, Oktoberfest starts on Saturday. What is your favorite fest beer? And is it is a, a and is a trip to the Wizen on your bucket list? Yes, that is on the bucket list. Um, is but it the same as going to Mr. Dunderbox or is that different? Oh, man, why you got to put me in my field? The original beer spot, man. Why the you got to put oh, man, beer Mr. spot oh, gosh, at I the love, Crabtree Mall, man. I love Mr. Dunderbox the back OG. in the day, man. That good food. They did. That legit good sandwiches. I don't think people understand that like in 1997. Oh, there was no craft beer. Like there was no such thing. No. Like if you wanted fancy beer, you had to go to Mr. Dunderbox or there was a gas station off of yes, 401. Seven even or the six and twelve. I forgot the name of it, but it's out by it's out by the soccer park. Okay. And oh, all the way down there. It's no, all, no, but this was one of the first movers on having a bunch of beer. The whole it's a it's a gas station, but nondescript. They had three of Not the, the walls. seven even because seven even was on P Street. Yeah. Six and twelve was over by Western. That yeah, that's over on Avon Ferry <laughs> so Boulevard. Smart. I love it. That's where I got my four loco. So <laughs> the <laughs> which I had up until a few years ago. I aged oh. them. Anyway, no, there was a gas station off of 401. It still exists. But back in the day, if you wanted to get fancy beer, like legit craft beer, you had to go all the way out before yeah. any of that stuff was developed. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I would love uh, I want to have you try one of the uh, the celebrators, like these double box. Oh, okay. That'll put you to sleep. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want that. No, it'll be want beer flavored beer. Germans know how to make beer flavored beer. They do. They do, but that's not a fest beer. Fest beer is uh, there, there's more, there's more of a darker, there's, there's, it's a dark, give me more a pretzel, of a malt. There's more of a malt. pretzel. Yeah, there's more of a malt flavor to I'm it. I'm here for that. A little bit caramel. So that's that's where those fest beers come into play. 
Um, but yes, I, I need the temperatures to drop a little bit though, before I start really wanting to take any of those beers on, uh, from JP, since Max said NC state and ECU should play them. Does that mean ECU matters? I was told we didn't matter. Everybody's in this feelings this week about who's playing who. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to, uh, to develop a, who actually matters and who doesn't matter. Whiteboard extravaganza. Uh, from wait, wait, no, that's like my actual, like looking up the people on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, let's go to, uh, Aaron Rogers. No, not that Aaron Rogers, the other Aaron Rogers who runs uh sound off. What is a make or break tailgate or watch party item for you? Oh, uh, for me, tailgate. Yeah. Wings. Yeah. I, I like to tailgate or, or a certain fried chicken company that doesn't advertise. With us. Oh, there's that too. Uh, mine's really simple. I need something to dip. I'm a hmm. snacker. I am a snacker oh, at a tailgate. Watch party. I, I like chili. For Super Bowl every year, I make chili. No, I so I'll, I'll put that in there, too. Okay. Is that kind of the watch party? or That's a watch party. I mean, you wouldn't bring it to a tailgate. What, the chili? Yeah. Yeah, you would. Really? If you got the right tailgate set up, yes. Bring well, out Steve the card. does. Bring out the card table. Well, that man has a freaking ice cream machine and a nacho uh, dispenser. Nacho cheese dispenser. Yeah, All impressive. right. <laughs> the guy's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> It's impressive. <laughs> I mean, can we just partner with him for our OG tailgate? We that was well, no, because it's hockey. But there's no reason why we can't show up to a football game. Well, we want people to join us. Would they not join us at that tailgate? That's a good question. We're still workshopping, so yeah, we are. There's still, there's still time. Yeah, we got, we got, we got one more here. Why have sports executives from Charlotte struggled in making good draft decisions lately, Ooh. Jeffrey? Yeah, it has been. Has been slightly dicey. I'm not even talking about Bryce Young there. I I would assume he's talking about the struggles of JC Horn Horn to be on the field and also Icky Aquanu. That might actually do it too. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Wednesday. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.